0: My wife and I got our first house in the early 2000s. Prior, we rented a place from a family member, but we knew they were wanting to just sell it. They were the type that thought they would be able to get a lot for it, and a lot more than we would have been willing to pay for it. It was a really old house, and instead of fixing or replacing things that were broken— They liked to throw temp fix over temp fix to deal with it. So, we worked really hard, but we finally got a place to call our own. We had our daughter, Emma, who was 7 at the time, and we were expecting our second child, so we wanted to get a bigger place. It was a cozy little 3 bedroom home with a decent little yard in the back. The previous owners even had an above-ground pool put in. It was about 3 feet deep and had a small patio built around one side of it. It did look a bit weird, but I thought we could work on it and make it better. Everything was finalized, and we moved in late October and early November. Since it was so late in the year, my priorities weren't on the pool at the time. There were some repairs the house needed, like a new window, better seals on others, things to get us prepared for the winter first. But my daughter was really excited to go swimming in it, so I knew I wanted to get it all set up for the next summer. One thing I did do, though, was at least look it over. I mean, it was mine now, so whenever I was just out back... I liked to imagine what I wanted the backyard to look like. When we were checking out the house before we got it, we were shown the backyard and the pool, and I looked it over to see if it was damaged or what kind of condition it was in. At the time, it was empty, but it looked pretty dirty, like it hadn't been used for a while. The realtor did tell us that it was an older couple that lived there, and since their grandkids, nieces, and nephews stopped coming over, they didn't feel it was worth it to keep up the maintenance on it. But they did claim that there was nothing wrong with it, no leaks, cracks, or damage. They even left all of their supplies and chemicals in the shed for us. Anyways, I went over to check it out again, and as I pulled back the tarp, I saw a bunch of stuff in the pool. There were several trash bags, a backpack, and a crate or tub. It was later at night, so I was losing light, but I walked over to the backside where the stuff was and tried picking up one of the bags. It was heavy, but when I let go of it, it fell softly, like it was clothes or something else soft like that. I covered the pool back up and went in to ask my wife if we were storing stuff in the pool. I had a feeling that I knew the answer because, one, it would have been a weird place to store things. We would have had to have lugged it through the house or the side gate, and then walk it up the stairs to get to the top, unless you chucked it over the side. The house was a single floor plus a basement, so why would anyone go through that much trouble? It's not like we had so much stuff that it cluttered the place. And then two, I didn't recognize any of it. All of our baskets matched because my wife did a nautical theme, so they were either a cream or a navy color. This one was brown and made of plastic. Plus, we didn't have any clothes and trash bags. So, as expected, she said no and I took her out back to show her, and she agreed that it wasn't ours. We had no idea who it belonged to, and admittedly, I didn't check the pool again when we had moved in. I didn't feel the need to. I decided I would call the realtor the next day, thinking maybe the last owners did it, and they forgot about it. They said they would check with them, and if I didn't hear back from them then I could either keep any of it or just toss it out, saying that they should have moved everything out and they shouldn't have inconvenienced the new owners. About as blunt as I would expect from a realtor, I guess, but I wasn't mad. I was just curious if it was their stuff. After about a week and no response from the realtor, I called them and they said they never heard back from the other people, so he said it was basically hours to deal with. I made a mental note, and I told my wife I would take it all out the next weekend that I was free. That ended up being a few weeks later though, due to other things coming up, including my wife having some complications, so I was doing a lot around the house while she rested. When I finally got to cleaning out the pool... I was surprised because it looked like the stuff had been almost disturbed. I had just picked up one of the bags, but it looked like some of the bags were opened. I thought it was weird, but again, thought maybe I was just mistaken, or my wife went through it too. Regardless, I emptied the pool and sat the items out by our trash cans. I did go through the backpack and noticed it had a lot of those small sample or... Travel bottles of shampoo. Again, a little odd, but it wasn't my stuff, so I let it go. Over the winter, I thought nothing of the pool, and then my wife had our baby in spring. Needless to say, I wasn't even thinking of the pool. Then, in early summer, life finally began to slow back down and normalize some, and I wanted to get the pool set up. My wife was going to take our girls to her mom's for a few days, which was about an hour away, so I thought it would be a good time to get it ready for them as a surprise. I pulled off the tarp, and there was more stuff in it. The confusion and curiosity was now turning into a bit of frustration, because not only do I not know where this stuff was coming from, I also had to devote more time to emptying it again. I did so, finding similar stuff that I did last time. A single bag of clothes, another backpack with a few toiletry items, and a small box with a few trinkets in it. I threw it all out, and I finally started the actual cleaning process. I guess my frustration got the best of me because I made it a priority to finish it. I even left work early one day and skipped on doing something else in the house that I needed to do just to get this done first. But, finally, I got it done. I even rewarded myself with a quick dip by myself. When my wife and kids came home that Sunday, I showed them and I got the reaction that I was wanting. Wife was proud and happy to have a place to relax, and my little Emma was ecstatic. We agreed to go swimming the next day, since it was already supper time and she still needed to eat and everything like that. It was about noon when we finally got around to going swimming, so we all changed and went out back. I still had the tarp on the pool though, hoping it would help keep it free from any falling leaves or animals. What I didn't expect to find under the tarp was another bag, and a body. The screams from my daughter and wife were awful, and I hope they never have to scream like that again. But we saw a man floating face down in our pool. I told my wife to call 911, and I jumped in to get this guy out. I don't know how he ended up there, but I prayed that he was not dead for everyone's sake. I was finally able to pull him out on the patio and started doing CPR, He started groaning, so I was hopeful that he was still alive. It seemed like hours before the paramedics arrived, but in reality it wasn't that long. They did say that he was still alive, and they took him to the hospital while the police took our statements. The guy did live, thankfully, but we had to go down to the police station. Since he had a backpack on him, they wanted to make sure that he hadn't stolen anything from us. Looking at his belongings, I knew it wasn't our stuff, but it made me think of all the stuff that was in the pool. He had some small soap bottles and a few pairs of pants. So, I asked about his story, and they explained that he admitted he had been sneaking in the back, and not only storing his stuff in there, but also sleeping in the pool. He was homeless. He'd been calling that his home for probably years at that point. Then, I threw out all of his stuff, and he had to start over. He had a run-in, and was not able to get home on the night that I cleaned house the first time, so he didn't catch the trash. The problem was, he moved around when it was dark, so I guess he didn't realize the last people had moved out or maybe he thought we wouldn't mess with the pool since it hadn't been touched for so long. He definitely did not expect the pool to be full when he came home one night, and jumped over the side as he normally did. Not only was there the shock of the water, but he went under the tarp, and for someone who was afraid of water, claustrophobic, and possibly had some other underlying issues he freaked out and pretty much drowned. I don't know how he survived being in the water that long, but I guess he just had a strong will to live. I know that there was a decent homeless population in the city over, and my wife had even mentioned thinking that she saw someone at night walking by the side of the house, but we never really pursued anything or thought any more on it. It happened a lot while she was pregnant, so we would check the window or back door, but when we saw nothing, we chalked it up to her imagination, and we teased her that her senses were on high alert from her hormones. She also made the jokes, I wasn't just being mean, I promise. We just never would have thought that this was the reason for it. I know he was technically trespassing, but I genuinely felt bad for the guy. My wife agreed, and we didn't press charges, and in fact we got him a gift card so he could replace some of the stuff that I had discarded. I got a better pool cover that was actually fitted, and couldn't be removed easily. It's better, since I had children anyways, and I try to be a little more aware of my surroundings. I do hope that that man is doing better these days, and not scaring people that just want to use their pools. Back when I worked at a local pizza place that had a really busy dining room, I would get some real characters coming in to get food. For the most part, the characters were just pervy old guys that would make a comment about my body, and I would make a point to tell them that their behavior was not appropriate. And for the most part, they would be quiet, but sometimes you would get the old guys that would make comments about learning to take a compliment or whatever BS like that. Fun fact, with those situations, ask them if they would say what they said to you to their own mother, or if they would be okay if some random guy said it to their daughters. It sometimes works against them, and they kind of get the hint. It's not relevant to my story, but it's still good information to have out there. The story that I want to mention was about a customer that used to come in frequently named Tommy. Tommy was in his late 40s, overweight, balding, and could have used a shower, but honestly, he was a pretty nice guy. I never had much of an issue serving him. He was a surprisingly good conversationalist, and he and I talked about a lot of things that most people wouldn't bring up to their waitress. Nothing weird or creepy, Just some neat conspiracy things and some technology talk. The other thing I liked about Tommy was that he made it a point to never flirt with me, or ever say anything considered inappropriate to or about me. He was very respectful of me as a person, and I would say that I considered him a friend. That all kind of fell apart when the conversation happened that I would personally consider creepy, Some people may hear this and think it's not creepy, but to me, coming from him, it was actually kind of messed up. He came in one day, and everything seemed to be going as normal. We were slower than we normally would have been, so I had a few moments to pause and talk to him about random things, and I, at some point, mentioned that I was moving soon. I was actually about to move in with my boyfriend because he had proposed to me, but I guess Tommy mistook what I was saying as I was just looking for a new place to live. He immediately looked up at me and said, Do you want to live in my basement? I kind of paused for a moment and looked at him and then said, Live in your basement? Are you subletting your house or something? I wasn't interested in living there, it was just a weird thing to say. He immediately followed that up with, Oh, no, but I could put a bed down there and then you and I could be together. You wouldn't have to work anymore. You could just stay in my basement, you know, with me. I was honestly kind of taken aback to the point that I just sort of chuckled at this suggestion, thinking maybe he was making an off kilter joke or something. But I realized after a moment that he was being serious. I asked him why he would just ask someone to move into his basement like that, especially if he wasn't subletting, and he told me that it would be perfect for me, because we would always be close. I never thought I would have to say it, but I told him that I was engaged and that I never saw him in that way. I think he was devastated by my comment because he just kind of looked down at the floor and stared, and didn't seem to want to talk to me after that. In fact, he actually never came in to the restaurant again after that moment, though he did send a few love letters to me for the first three months after this event. Now, this in and of itself is a bit creepy, but it actually does get worse. Around two years after all this happened, two years after the last time I had seen Tommy... In around 7 months after I had quit working at the pizza place, I was watching the news and saw a story about someone being arrested. And who else's pictures showed up on the screen but Tommy. Come to find out, Tommy lived with his mother, and his mother was completely disabled and dependent upon him to do everything for her. From what I gathered from the story, Tommy's mother died from negligence. Basically, she starved to death because he wasn't taking care of her like he was supposed to. Apparently, when they found her, she had been deceased for a while, and Tommy was still living in the house, in the basement. The photos they showed of the house were nothing shy of a scene from hoarders. There were small patches of rooms empty, but for the most part, the entire house was disgusting. There was trash everywhere. The walls were yellowed, and it was pretty clear that they had animals. As they were showing pictures of the house, I saw pizza boxes from where I used to work in the bathroom. That's how bad it was. He was arrested and charged for his mother's death. I believe negligent homicide is the term that they used. And that's my story of the time that I was invited to live in the basement of a guy that I thought was cool, but apparently lived with and was the negligent caretaker for his mother. Not that there's anything wrong with taking care of your loved ones, but Tommy was pretty obviously not a good caretaker. I feel terrible for his mother, and I hope that she's resting in peace, but I don't really feel bad for Tommy, and I'm thankful that I never met him again. Back when I was a kid, my dad and stepmom would take us to the community pool during the summer. I was the youngest of four kids with two older sisters and an older brother. At the time of this event, I was around ten years old. My brother, being the oldest, typically didn't go with us as he was always doing his own thing and my sisters were twins, and about 15, so they always played together and didn't often include me. This meant that, unless my parents played with me, or I found another kid my age, the pool was actually pretty boring for me. However, one weekend, my stepmom planned for us to go swimming, so I begged them to let me take a friend so I would at least be more entertained. Thankfully, they agreed, so my friend Katie came with me. Katie and I had been friends for most of my life that I can remember, and her mom was actually friends with mine, so they were both typically willing and trusted each other's parenting. So, for our pool day, it was my stepmom, my sisters, myself, and Katie. The pool was fairly large with a shallow play section for young kids, which got deeper. Then, There was a really deep side that you weren't allowed to enter because it was for those that dived or used the water slide. And there was also a small water park area that you could walk through with sprinklers, arches, and the sort. As expected, my sisters took off doing their own thing. My mom found a covered table and she sat there with our stuff and read, and Katie and I made our way through the shallow end of the pool. At first... We just walked back and forth to get used to the water, and slowly got in deeper until it was about to our shoulders. We were doing what normal kids our age did, lap races, practicing holding our breath, and then we would just stop and talk as we held on to the side. While this was going on, we noticed a guy stop in front of us and ask if we were okay. He looked like he was probably in his late 20s, maybe early 30s, because he looked younger than my parents, and they were about in their 40s at the time. He was wearing red swim trunks and no shirt, so at first I thought maybe he was a lifeguard, so nothing really felt off about the situation. We said we were fine, and explained that we had just stopped to talk. That's when the guy sat down on the edge of the pool in front of us, and asked if we wanted a drink or something, and we said no thanks. Thanks since my mom had brought drinks and snacks for us. He then started asking us what seemed like normal, innocent questions. How old were we? Who were we here with? How long were we planning on being at the pool? These made me think that he could still be a lifeguard, since we had to be with someone 18 or older, so I thought maybe he was just making sure. He even asked if we had tried the diving pool or slide yet. We were both too afraid to try the diving pool, and I think we may have even been too young, but we both enjoyed the slide and said we planned to go later. But then, the conversation turned into something much less innocent. He mentioned that we were both really cute, and that he loved the way our swimsuits looked on us. But, he asked if we had ever tried a bikini... Katie immediately said no, and I always got my sister's old swimsuit, so I didn't really get a choice on it. He went on talking about the different ones and what colors we would both look really good in, and he even mentioned how his girlfriend looked really hot in one. We both thought the conversation got a bit awkward, so I mentioned to Katie about getting a snack. The guy again offered to buy us something, But we declined, and without really saying much, we made our way out of the pool. And he said something like, "'I'll be here,' as he smiled and waved. We went over to our seats and started getting something to eat, when my stepmom asked how it was going. We mentioned to her about the weird guy talking about our swimsuits, and she took it as just some boy trying to flirt with us and just to ignore him if we didn't like it. Yeah, really helpful." I also don't think she realized I was talking about a grown-ass man at first. But Katie just shrugged it off, and we sat there eating our pretzels. I guess after some time, we started getting a little louder, messing around with each other and laughing, so my stepmom told us we needed to go elsewhere if we kept that up. So we walked over to the water park side just to do something different. I don't know about Katie, but I know I had pretty much pushed the thought of that guy to the back of my mind, and I was continuing to have fun. That was until we started walking back to the pool, when we saw that the guy was now in the pool, right where we had been waiting around. We decided we would just avoid the pool, or at least any area that he was in as much as possible, and hope that he would just take the hint. So... We walked towards the slides when, unfortunately, the guy noticed us. He shouted over to us with an excited tone, asking, Huh, are you guys going to try out the water slide now? We didn't respond to him and just kept walking. While we were in line, we noticed that he had made his way over to the slide as well, but he was a few people behind us. Thankfully, that kept being the case, so he wasn't close enough to go down around the same time that we did. Katie was going to go first, and then I would go, so I had time to fix my bathing suit as I came back up. As I mentioned, I was typically given my sister's old swimsuits, so sometimes they were a tad bit loose or too tight. Because it wasn't a perfect fit, after hitting the water... It was normal for the suit to ride up in the back. I would always have to fix it before getting out of the water. I think other girls will understand what I mean. So, after a few trips, I guess the guy was growing impatient and slowed down, timing when to get in line so he would end up directly in front of us. After Katie and I went, we looked around and didn't see the guy anywhere, so we thought maybe he had given up. Feeling a bit relieved, we started to have fun again going down the slide. That's when I finally spotted him again, but he was hanging around the deep end of the pool with goggles on his head. I felt like someone was watching me, so that's when I started looking around and saw him. He would be looking around in the pool, and then would look over at us, smiling and waving. But he wasn't coming over to us or trying to follow... He was just floating there, I guess. So, we just kept going down the slide, thinking maybe that's what was keeping him away. However, I noticed something as I sat down at the top of the slide, and the lifeguard pushed my back. He was watching us, and as I slid down, he dived under the water. I hit the water, and as I sank down, I opened my eyes. Through the blur... I could tell it was the same guy diving down there staring at me as I tried swimming to the top. I tried to get to the top as quickly as possible and wipe my eyes to focus, but I also had to get out quickly since people were diving and sliding down. But that's when the thought popped into my mind. I was adjusting my swimsuit each time I did this. As I was pulling on my suit, I heard the lifeguards whistling. I thought it may have been at me since I may have been taking longer than necessary, but when I turned around, I saw him coming out of the water too, up the ladder. He had his hands up and said something to the guards, probably apologizing or something, but the guard looked like he wasn't interested in hearing it. So, as I approached the ladder closer to the shallow side, he walked by looking right at me, smiling and then winking. Something about that smile looked devious, and it made me feel sick. I saw Katie already standing against the fence waiting for me, and she looked just as worried. So, we both ran over to the table and sat next to my stepmom again. She could tell that I looked upset, so she asked what was wrong, and I mentioned the guy again. I told her that I thought he was looking at my butt. I hadn't explained this to Katie yet either, so she looked kind of confused as well. She again tried to play it off like it was some kid, but then I mentioned thinking it was a lifeguard, and that's when she started paying attention. She started asking me what the guy looked like and to point him out, but once again, he was nowhere to be seen. She decided to call for my sisters to make them sit with our stuff and the three of us went up to the counter to explain to them what had happened. They ended up finding the guy as he was talking with another little girl, of course, and he tried to say it was just a misunderstanding, and he was just trying to make sure we were having fun. Unfortunately, because he had a pass that was legit, and he wasn't breaking any rules yet, they couldn't ask him to leave, so we did. We didn't go back to that pool that summer, and we started going to a different one, but it was still a creepy experience. Sorry if some of the details were a little all over the place, I was just trying to remember what all happened. Maybe the guy wasn't doing something sinister, but it definitely felt like it, at least for a couple of very young girls. And why would he be diving under the water just as I was hitting the water? You weren't supposed to be on that side of the pool anyways, so I feel like the lifeguards failed to monitor that part well enough. Anyways, that was my experience, though, and that's actually why I don't like public pools anymore. At least that's one of the reasons. When I was young and still lived with my parents, the house that we lived in was in the center part of a cul-de-sac, and our cul-de-sac was actually connected to a road that was more commercial than residential. So, basically, our backyard ended with a large fence that was owned by the commercial property company, and then just past that was a Baskin-Robbins. Not relevant, but... You can imagine how much weight I would gain in the summer having an ice cream shop in my backyard. But that also meant that there were a lot of people that would end up not too far from our house. At the time of this story, I was 15, and I was addicted to playing a certain game online. I don't remember what it was called, but it was basically a Pokemon ripoff that operated as an MMO so you would play online against other people. The family computer was in the dining area, at a desk that was placed by the sliding glass door, so when you were at the computer you could turn to the right and look right out into the backyard. Because of this, I kind of hated being on the computer at night, because the backyard was dark and pretty creepy. So, when this happened, it was the middle of summer break, and my parents were super open about me spending my time off school however I wanted to. It may not have been healthy, but that meant that I spent several nights playing this dumb game until 3 in the morning. On this night, I was playing and trying to get my name onto the leaderboard, which I will say that I'm pretty sure I was close to being a top player. I was just playing, and at one point, I started feeling like something was off. I got that slight chill that you sometimes get when you're being watched. I turned to look out into the hallway to see if maybe my parents were watching me, or if my brother was standing in the hallway or something, but there was no one there. I shrugged it off, and I went back to the computer, and after a moment or two I glanced out into the backyard. And that's where things went from a bit spooky to downright terrifying. As soon as I looked out into the backyard, I saw a man standing just on the outside of the fence, on the stone wall that was at the back, and literally just staring at me. It would have been creepy if it was just someone standing there, but it got worse. The man was wearing a really freaky clown mask. For several seconds, I just stared at the man standing there thinking am i really seeing what i'm seeing is there really a person in a clown mask in my backyard and then it kind of clicked to me that he could probably see me in the glow of the monitor i quickly pushed the button to turn off the screen and stood up to get away from the sliding door I went over to the kitchen window, and sure enough, the man was still standing there, just staring in my direction. Then the man lifted his hand from his side, showing me that he had a handgun, and just kind of waved at me like, I know you're there, and just so you know, I could easily kill you right now. Yep, that was enough for me to shut the lights off and go upstairs. Should I have called the cops? Yes. Was I stupid for just walking away from the situation where an armed man with a clown mask was waving at me without telling anyone? Yes. Absolutely. But again, I was 15, and I just thought, if I ignore it, it'll go away. Thankfully, it did go away. Sort of. Or at the very least, he didn't do anything to us. I, however did learn the next day why he was standing there in a mask and why he had a gun. Apparently, one of the stores that was behind our house was robbed. The group of guys had smashed out the glass door and stolen a bunch of electronics and games from the video game store that was next to the Baskin Robbins. The local news showed the story about the robbery, and they played the security footage and the guys that they got on camera in the store were also all wearing clown masks, just like the guy that was in the backyard. My guess is that the guy that I saw was doing lookout to make sure no one was headed in their direction from the street, and I wasn't enough of a threat for him to be concerned. Obviously, this was a terrifying night for me, and I never told anyone that I saw one of the guys in the backyard. And I have no idea whatever happened to them. I would assume that they were caught, as it was a pretty messy smash and grab, though they were all masked, so who knows. I do want to say to the lookout guy that I saw thanks for not shooting me, but also let's never meet again. Not a swimming pool, but a swimming hole. I was in grade school, and it was early spring. My folks took us down to the beach to see what it looked like after the winter floods had reshaped it. The water was still chilly, but us kids pleaded to get in, and my folks allowed us to wade in, but not far, because the swimming areas hadn't yet been marked, and there was no knowing what the floods had done to the floor of the river. Now, this was the Russian River in Northern California in the early 1970s, and things were different then. I hear the water has dramatically cleared since Santa Rosa started pumping its grey water elsewhere, but back then, the river was a dark and murky green. The soil in the region is volcanic ash weathered into superfine sand, and it mixed with organic material, and a little blue clay to make the floor we walked on, and often sank ankle deep into. It was soft on my little feet and squished delightfully between my toes, until I stepped on something that my child brain interpreted as a skeletal human Hand. I walked on water, screaming all the way to the beach. Mom and Dad took me seriously, and waited around for quite a while trying to find the branch or twigs that they were sure it had to have been to prove that I had no reason to be afraid. They found nothing. A few days later, the area was bulldozed to expand the beach and the area where I felt it got buried. Floods the following winter would have washed whatever it was downstream and out to sea. The fear of what's under my feet plagued me for decades, and I dealt with it by learning to swim along the bottom rather than on the surface of the water. Fifty years on, I know that it probably was a twig, But that kid who still lives inside of me is not convinced. So, this happened a few years ago. If you follow my page, you'll know my button stories, but this is the one that changed how I move around during the night. I used to go out during the Canadian winter early evening. I enjoy the cold, believe it or not, and I found stores to be more dead closer to 7pm. Damn you, COVID. Though the change of hours led to things being safer as stores have people in them now into the later hours. My bag used to be a massive halo, more like a sack than a classic backpack. I could put endless amounts of buttons and pins on it, which ended up being a pain from endless buttons popping off. So, this cold night, I'm walking to the little strip mall that has a GameStop and Toys R Us, along with the grocery store. I was walking up there to get some dinner as the fam was out at events, and I didn't want to go. Walking there was alright. Walking back was a different story. There was almost no one around. I got some dinner and headed over to the grocery store when I got that feeling of being watched. I looked around, but there was no one. Odd, but I keep on trekking. In the grocery store, it's dead, but at the cash register I got that same feeling. I looked outside as maybe there was someone there. No. Behind me? No. The cashier asks if I'm all good, and I responded with yeah, take my stuff, and leave. I head over to the toy store and hear loud crunching behind me. I turn, and a man is there. He says, oh, sorry, I was just reading your buttons. It's dark, like wintertime dark at 8pm, and you're reading buttons in a darkened parking lot? I don't think so. I was cordial but weirded out, and then I quickly left and entered the store, and I waited inside for a bit. Half an hour passes, and I get my stuff and leave. To note, I've had people read my buttons in the day or in a store, not right behind me in an icy, crappily lit parking lot. When I leave, I get that feeling again. I couldn't see him, but I knew someone was there. I rely on my size for intimidation. I was 17 at the time, but I looked 20. This a-hole had no fear. I moved quickly through the parking lot, and I heard his loud steps behind me. I made it across the street just as the walk signal changed and the traffic flowed. I caught the bus, and I never looked back to see him. I don't know what his true intentions were, and I don't even remember what his face looked like. I never had a creepy encounter again, as I was never out that late again for a bit, especially in that area. In Australia, we have a swimming pool place called Ripples. It serves as the community pool, and I used to spend every summer there with my friends, There's a large indoor pool, one for the small kids, and another outside where the athletes would come to train in the early morning. We also had our swimming carnivals there through school. Every weekend we would try to get there before it got too hot, and would bring enough money to buy food. If you walked out to get something, they wanted you to pay to get back in. It was a pain, but whatever. My group of friends were all around 14 at the time, mixed group of boys and girls, and everyone got along with each other really well. We felt safe at Ripple's, and we'd been going there for years. The staff were all friendly to us and let us get away with little things, but things changed, and there was a new manager who took over the establishment. I'll call him Rob. He was a lot stricter than the previous manager had been. He was a real pain in the ass. The moment I met him, I knew there was something off about him, but none of my friends thought he was a problem. They all said he was harmless. Anyway, like any other day during the summer, we all met at my friend Baza's place before we headed over there. It wasn't uncommon for us to be in our cozies or swimwear to you Americans most of the day. When I got there, I saw that there was already a crowd beginning to form. I wanted to get to our favorite spot that was a small hill that overlooked two of the pools. It was comfortable. It was our spot. When we got in, we ran to get there, threw down our towels, and to claim the area before leaping in the pool. Okay, fair enough. It was against the rules to run like that, and the lifeguard told us off. I noticed a couple of girls of the group heading to the canteen to get some snacks and something to drink. I called out to them to get me something while they were there, not sure whether they heard me or not. I swam and mucked around with my mates when I heard one of the girls scream. They were making a scene- I had no idea why it was happening, but I wanted to know what had happened. I shouted, "'You tell them!' at the girls, and I saw their faces. They looked genuinely upset, and not like they were mucking around. I got out of the pool and ran over to them, and one of my friends was holding the top of her bathing suit and were screaming at this Rob guy. They said he pulled the string to try to get it to fall down, and one of my other friends decided to get violent, and I had to hold him back. Rob, that dickhead, just stood there shaking his head and saying that that never happened. The cops were called. Even though other people saw the damn creep do it, we were the ones that ended up getting kicked out, and later we heard that he was fired. It wasn't the first time he was caught doing this, I heard through the grapevine that a group of men kicked his ass in the parking lot one day. That was what I heard, but I didn't see it. I guess the story didn't happen to me, but make sure you keep an eye out there for weird people. After high school, I started working as a lifeguard at our community pool in the summer. We had an inside and outside pool, so I worked there part-time, year-round while I was in college. For the most part, it was normal. Telling kids to stop running, jumping in the shallow side, just things like that. I rarely had to do anything life-saving, thankfully, though. However, I did still have a fair share of bizarre occurrences that I will never forget. We had a few guys that thought they would succeed at picking up a date at the pool, but it was typically just amusing to watch. There was this one middle-aged guy that often came in, and he always had his hair slicked back. It was obvious he used some kind of product, and even though he is stopped every single time, he will always try to get in the pool without rinsing it out. Pool rules. You had to shower first if you had any kind of hair product, body paint, etc. I've seen plenty of situations that made this rule important, even if it sounds silly to some. So, needless to say, we knew this guy. He would come in, finally shower, and look smug as he walked around the pool looking for some poor girl that was alone. Most of the girls handled it themselves and were able to get him to shove off, but sometimes one of us guys would confront him and have him move along. And again, he would, without any confrontation. So, one time he came in, I walked over to the others warning that he was here and we carried on. I saw him approach one girl and she ignored him. Then, he found another girl that seemed happy enough to talk to him. I thought maybe it was the glorious day and that he was actually going to find love and just leave people alone. But things started seeming off. She got out of the pool, but he continued to stand there in the water. The water was about to their chests, so I could see his arms and hands when he brought them up to pull back his hair. That wasn't staying in place. She came back and they continued to talk for a few moments, and I moved on, skimming over the pool. I would return my view to them every once in a while, and at one point, something definitely seemed off. She seemed to still be talking, but she was looking everywhere except at him. So, I started paying more attention, and I noticed his face seemed to be almost glazed over, He was staring at her, his mouth slightly open and not talking, or seemingly reacting to anything she was saying. So, I continued watching to see what was happening in this group. Then, I realized his hands were under the water, but towards his front, not his sides. I had a feeling that I knew what was going on. I blew my whistle and I hopped down from my stand... The lady made eye contact with me, and I think it finally snapped in her to get out of there. She threw her hands up, and tried saying that she had nothing to do with this, and as she finally moved, he did not shift whatsoever. I tried yelling at the guy to get out, and at that point it was pretty obvious what he was doing. I called out in the walkie for help because I wasn't confident I would be able to get him out by myself. Right as two of the other guards came over, he suddenly put his hands up and started smiling and laughing, acting like he had no idea what had happened. We asked the lady what was going on, and she confirmed my suspicions. She said the guy seemed fine with and even showed interest in a few things that she mentioned and enjoyed, so she thought it was going to just be a pleasant conversation until she noticed the change in his face, and that his hands went down. Sadly, she said she just froze in place, not knowing what to do or how to get out of it, so she just stood there looking around, hoping someone else would notice. Unfortunately, we had to close down the pool, not knowing what all he may have done, and he obviously got kicked out. Hopefully, he didn't try to do that at another pool... Another haunting memory that I was less involved in, but didn't make it any less terrifying to think about, the community center was built in a city that was no stranger to crime. It was built in hopes to give those an opportunity to grow closer, having something special and unique as well as create programs for youth groups to help them while growing up to break the violent history that it had. I can't say it was a failure, because... It was always busy with people of all ages. But, unfortunately, it can't remove all of the problems. The outside pool is by a cement wall and a chain-link fence to try and keep trespassers out. The only way to get to the outside pool was through the main entrance of the building. However, there are some that cannot always follow the rules. One night... There was a group of teens that wanted to try and go for a late night swim alone. They devised a plan to go over to the fence, but once over, they were surprised to find that they were not alone. Kind of. There was a body of a guy floating in the water, and they called the cops. I learned all of this when I went in the next day for work, and was told that I could just go back home since the pool was going to be closed today and for a while after. Sadly, it was actually one of the supervisors. The story got around that he was a dealer or a buyer. He was closing up that night and was confronted by someone else. They knew what he was up to, and they shot him. Because it hadn't been broken into, the alarm of course hadn't been triggered, so no one had been alerted until that group broke in. I can't say it's a good thing that they did, but if they hadn't, he could have died. He did live, but he had a lot of permanent damage done due to being shot and the obvious lack of oxygen. The pool was closed for the rest of the summer, sadly, and it did seem to hurt business a bit, but thankfully it did bounce back. It's still talked about... And we'll have to live with that one forever, but it did teach us a valuable lesson in security and safety, which definitely got better. So those were two that I specifically remember being pretty crazy, to say the least. I'll eventually have to write up some more for you, because people can get kind of weird in the summer. I will start by saying that nothing could have prepared me for what I was going to discover the morning after a night out. It started as every other night would. Me and my family got ready to head to our local bar for a fundraising event. I had just turned 18, and I was looking to have a chill night with friends and family. I knew most of the people there, so I was feeling really relaxed. While at the bar, I went to pay for my drink when the bartender had told me that it had already been paid for. When I went to see who had paid for it, I saw my cousin's partner. He's around 12 years older than me, give or take. I gave him a quick wave and we did the normal niceties, like, Hi, how are you doing? It's important to note that I had barely spoken more than two words to him before, as he was usually quiet or retreated to his room when we would go and visit my cousin. After saying thank you, I thought nothing of it. Nothing seemed off with our little interaction. By the end of the night, I had gathered my family together and told them that I wanted to head home. At this point in time, I was still living at home with my mother. She had made plans to stay at my grandmother's that night so I was going to go home and sleep. It was around 11.30, and I was outside having a smoke, about to head to my car. Just as I was about to head to my car, I heard someone call my name, so I turned to find my cousin's partner walking towards me. He asked if I was heading home for the night, which I thought was weird. So I said it's late, so I was calling it a night. Without skipping a beat, he mentioned the car that I drive and said that he would see me around sometime. At this point, I got a bit creeped out, so I said goodnight and walked off to my car. There were plenty of people outside, so I wasn't concerned at all. Once I got in my car, my phone went off and it was my mother. She was begging and pleading with me to go and stay at my grandmother's house for the night saying that she had a really bad feeling. Initially, I was really annoyed, I just wanted to go home and go to sleep in my own bed, but she insisted. I couldn't understand why. I was used to being home alone at night, but she wouldn't let it go. I hung up and started driving home. I couldn't be bothered going to my grandma's when my house was just down the road. I was tired. I just wanted to go home. Not even halfway, my phone went off, so I pulled over to check it. It was my sister asking me to please go stay at my grandma's house. I was pissed off at this point, and decided that it would be easier going to my grandma's house instead of arguing with my family. When I got to my grandma's house, everyone was already asleep. Now, I was really pissed off and went straight to sleep. The night was uneventful, but I woke in the morning to my family talking about how they all had a feeling of dread, which is why they didn't want me to go home alone that night. My mother and I left for home at lunch. I felt off as soon as I pulled into the driveway. Once I got to the door, I found a police card wedged into the door to call them ASAP. I went inside and found my mother's camera on the kitchen table. This was a huge red flag, as it was in my bedroom before we left for the fundraiser. I went to my room to find my entire room had been ransacked. No other room in our house had been touched. My blankets had been pulled back, and it looked like someone had been in my bed. My underwear drawer was wide open, and some were also sprawled out onto the floor. Another camera of my mother's was also on the table where my TV was, which was directly opposite my bed. Clothes were everywhere. By this point, I was losing my mind. (laughs) If I had gone home like the plan was all along, I would have made my way through the house and then crawled into bed without switching my lamp on. I had done this so many times previously and I wouldn't have seen the state of my room at all. My mother gave them a call to find out what had happened, and what she told me made my blood drain from my face. Police were alerted to a break-in at our next-door neighbor's house, when our neighbor found a man wandering inside their house. The man claimed he was my friend and that he had gone into the wrong house, and they chased him out. Our house had a big 8 by 12 meter deck, which looked over my neighbor's house. They called police again when they spotted the same man having a smoke on our deck. The police arrived at our house at 2am, but since I wasn't home, no one answered the door. They noticed the lights on, so they went inside to investigate. They made their way through the house and found a man hiding in my bedroom in the dark, He couldn't give a reason why he was there or why he was hiding in my room. They had arrested him and taken him to the station, and they wanted to know if we knew him. Turns out, it was my cousin's partner, and he'd been hiding in my bedroom for over an hour, waiting for me to get home because he knew I would be going home that night. My mother's gut feeling saved me from going home alone that night, and my neighbor's vigilance helped to catch a creep. I always listen now without question, whenever she has a bad feeling. Who knows what would have happened. All I know is it wouldn't have been pretty. He was charged with breaking and entering, and he spent some time in jail before being released and moving country. Always trust your mother's gut feeling, people. It sure saved me from having to deal with that. When I was 19, I got really into clubbing. I went almost every other day. My younger friend, who I had known in high school, was turning 18 on that Wednesday, and she asked me to take her, since I was already well-versed in the club scene at this point and knew how to stay safe and have fun. The bar that we went to just so happened to be my favorite bar's throwback night, They play 1990s to 2000s movies, and it always attracted a ton of people because the drinks were cheap and the music was good. When I met up with my friend, we drove to the bar about an hour earlier than we intended to go in so we could sit in my car and drink. We were both underage and live in the US. We had a good time and i had a few seltzers since i had to drive us home and be sober in 3 hours while we're sitting in my car which was parked across the street from the bar and the bar was next to a police station i tell her that i have a few rules for a safe clubbing experience number 1 no taking drinks from strangers for obvious reasons number 2 No going to the bathroom alone, as I've noticed creepy men always target girls who are alone. Number 3. Neither of us were going to go home with anybody. We go in, and we have a good time. I met up with a guy that I had recently been seeing, we danced and talked to people, and she had a few drinks. It hits 2am, and they play closing time and kick everyone out. She starts talking to a guy that she met at the bar and gets his number, and we start to leave. As we're walking towards the crosswalk, a man starts walking behind us and is trying to talk to my friend. My friend is visibly drunk. I turn around and tell him to leave us alone because she just turned 18, and he looks like he's in his late 20s or early 30s and also not drunk. He keeps talking to my friend, and she entertains him because, objectively, he's an attractive guy. He follows us all the way to my car, and then begins to ask us for a ride. I tell him no, and he continued to beg, and he even begins to tell me that he'll pay me. I tell him to just pay an Uber and to leave us alone. He still doesn't leave, and he keeps pestering me. At this point... I really just want to leave because he's creeping me out, and he's even starting to creep out my friend. I unlock the driver door and put my stuff in while still telling him to leave. I unlock the passenger door, which unlocks all the doors, and I tell my friend to get in the car. He then proceeds to completely change his demeanor and says, "Oh, huh, thanks, and then got in my back seat. I start screaming at him, telling him to get out of my car, and he steadfastly refuses, and even starts becoming aggressive. At this point, I want to call the cops, and I ask my friend for her phone, since mine was on the fritz and not letting me make calls. She tells me that her phone isn't working either. So I start glancing around seeing if I can spot a police officer anywhere, since we are across from the police station, and there's not one in sight. I start panicking, and then I see the guy that I met up with that night getting into his Uber. I run over to him quickly and tell him that there's a man in my car who won't get out, and that our phones aren't working. He tells his friend in the Uber to wait for him, and he walks back to my car with me. He starts yelling at the man to get out of my car, and the man starts yelling back while threatening to beat him up. But, he eventually gets out to try and fight him. The second he gets out of my car, I tell my friend to get in. We both get in and lock the doors while the man follows him back to his Uber, threatening to punch him in the head. He gets in his Uber, and they drive away, and so do we, and the man was just left standing in the road looking very angry. The next morning, I spoke to my mom, who was a prosecutor for 20 years. She tells me that she once tried a case where two girls my age... Gave a guy a ride home from the bar, and he sexually assaulted and murdered both of them. Yeah, I didn't go clubbing for a while after that. I have a short, creepy, and weird story that happened way back when I worked at a small local gas station... I worked the second shift, and I usually got out of work around midnight or so, so I didn't really get to deal with the really weird people beyond the handful of drunks that we would get on a daily basis. For the most part, it was just the people who were up late and wanted candy, or the people that worked late nights and needed caffeine. It was a pretty good gig but I had one night that was actually bizarre to me. It was a standard shift. I was just working and ringing up people, activating pumps for cash sales and sweeping the store when it was empty, when a guy in a very nice suit walks into the store. I will say that the store was in a fairly middle class part of town, and we got people in both directions. But... I don't think that I had ever seen anyone in a literal tuxedo walking into the store. I said hello as he walked in, as I always did, and walked behind the register and waited for him to come up to check out. I glanced over at the clock and it was around 11.40 at night, so that made the tuxedo even a bit more strange. But at the same time, I figured, hey, Maybe he just really liked to dress nicely when he went out. He walked up to the counter with a six-pack of cheap beer, a bag of Doritos, and several packs of Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. I started ringing him up and made a quick quip about how he was dressed. It wasn't anything offensive or anything, it was just something like, we don't normally get people in suits here at the store this late, late night meeting or something. Basically, just making quick small talk with the guy as I did. He then looked at me straight faced and said the following I want to be dressed nicely for the rapture. I chuckled a bit, thinking that this was a joke or something, and as soon as I met his eyes, I realized he was not kidding. I asked what he meant, basically, just fishing for him to say something that would indicate that he was messing with me or something. But he glanced over at the clock next to me and then said, At 12.01, the world is going to come to an end, and those of us that were pure of heart will ascend. People like you will be stuck here while the planet burns in the fires of hell. I'm sorry that no one told you about this before now. He then smiled a bit and followed that up with, But hey, at least now you know and you can spend the next 15 minutes begging God for forgiveness. I just kind of laughed at him and finished ringing him up, and told him how much he owed. Then, I decided that I wanted to ask him something. I asked, So, what do we do if the world doesn't end and the rapture doesn't happen at 1201? He then grabbed his stuff, looked back at me, and said, Well... If the world doesn't end, then God has abandoned us. There's nothing stopping me from coming back here to blow your head off. So, you'd better hope it happens. And walked out of the store and back to his car. I just kind of stood there like, what the absolute hell was that? Part of me wants to think that he was messing with me, but just had a really good poker face. But... The way that he said it, and how he followed it up with that threat, it was way too direct. Most people have a bit of a cracking point with their jokes, but he just kept going with it. Obviously, the world didn't end, and thankfully he never came back, but holy crap, why would you say that to someone? I, 31, female, had a very uncomfortable experience at work tonight, and I wanted some thoughts to make sure that I'm not overreacting. For backstory, I've been helping at a small family-owned convenience store down the street from my house for the past few months. It's just a husband and wife and their niece, so they needed someone else for a family emergency, and they trust me. That said, it's kind of a shady gas station. Lots of strange people come through. I'm not exactly someone who blends into a crowd like this. Anyways, this guy came in earlier, and I heard him say, Wow. When he saw me, and then he started complimenting my hair, and I was like, Uh, thanks and told him his total. Not an abnormal interaction, but it's just the way that he looked at me that threw red flags all over the situation. After I gave him his total, he claimed that he left his card in the car and was going to go look for it. So, I was like, no problem. I helped the other couple people in the store. A minute after those two left, he came back in, this time holding his phone oddly to his chest, and then he started asking where he was. I was like, uh, well, I think it would be easier to tell you where you were going if you're turned around, And this is X Road, and he told me where, very next town over, so I just gave him basic directions back to the town he was going towards. It's literally a straight shot down the road that he was on. Then, he started complimenting me again about my eyes, my eyebrows. He asked my height, my age, if I was single. So, I just redirected again, or lied, about my age. I said older than I am. I'm told I look a lot younger than I am. I get early twenties a lot. After ignoring his last question... I asked if he still wanted the stuff that he had came in for. He said yes. I told him his total, and he was like, Oh, I-, I left my wallet in the car. This was at the same time that another customer had pulled up. He'd sat his phone down on the counter and forgot it when he walked out to go get his wallet. It was open on video. I immediately started calling my husband, who was seconds away. Sure enough... I clicked the recent video and he had been recording our conversation. I deleted it. Then I clicked on recently deleted and I deleted it there too. My husband answered the phone and he knows when I'm at work if I call and don't speak to just shut up and come to me right then. He walked back in, gave me a $5 bill, and I asked him if he found his card and also mentioned that his phone had been going off on the counter and to not forget it. He was like, Oh, my card? Oh, no, uh, I have other cards. Okay, then why did you need to leave to go get it? But I just said okay and to have a nice day. So then he went and sat in the parking lot with the door open until my husband pulled up. He left the opposite way as my husband's, and of course neither of us could see a tag number. It was such a concerning encounter. I didn't like it at all. How were you lost holding a phone with signal, obviously, as it was getting messages, and claiming to be lost when Google Maps exists? And why were you recording me? What the actual hell? I don't want to be at work anymore right now. This is not as scary as most stories, but it was really unsettling for me at the time. So, this happened in 2020. I, female 21, but at the time 19, lived in a flat above a senior residence. Since I work for that company, I could live there fairly cheap because the company dealt with the costs. I sometimes did a night shift as well, and in the night shifts you basically look in each apartment from the seniors to check if they're all there, since almost all of them have Alzheimer's. After that, you're supposed to clean the kitchen, living room, the library, and do the dishes as well as wash the clothes. Every now and then a bell will go off because one of the residents needs help with something, so you have to go there and help them. There was already a break-in a few years prior to that, so the company installed cameras around the house. All people that live and work there know about it. On that day, I had an uneasy feeling and just couldn't bring myself to sleep in this flat, so I left to sleep at my parents' house. When I came home the next day because I forgot something, I saw that the police were there, They were questioning the night shift and then they looked at me and asked for my ID and asked what I was doing there. I explained that I lived in the residence above and I had forgotten something that I needed for work. They proceeded to ask me if I was home the last night, to which I said that I was not. I finally had the guts to ask what was going on and then got told that someone had broken in that night. After that... I asked if they needed the camera footage, and their faces lit up as they said yes. I found it weird how they got so excited, but I'm not one to judge. They probably hoped that it would make it easier. I then called my boss, and she came with a laptop about 15 minutes later. We all looked through the footage together. It was creepy to see how two people carefully walked into the garden and one of them looked through a window, and you can see him closely watching the night shift. The other took a different route and walked around the house, peeking into an apartment of a resident while they were sleeping. He then walked a bit further around the house and stood under the window of the library. We could then see how the night shift went into the basement to wash the clothes. As soon as she was down in the basement... The person who was watching her ran to the other and gave a thumbs up. They then proceeded to pry open the window. One of them jumped in and looked around confused. Now, here's why. A few years prior, when the first break-in had happened, that was the room where the medicine was kept. After that, we relocated that into a safer room. They probably just wanted the medicine since a few of the residents have strong painkillers, which are hard to get, and they probably played part in the first break-in, and hoped that the medicine would still be there. They got confused when the room looked completely different. They ended up stealing nothing and just running away again. As far as I know, they were caught about two weeks later, but it makes me wonder... What would have happened if I had been home that night? Because this happened at a time where I would always go outside to take a little walk through the garden. I have insomnia, and this helps me a bit. Would I have met them? And if so, how would they have reacted? (laughs) Hey there, friends. That was today's episode of the As the Raven Dreams podcast, and I really hope that you all enjoyed this collection of scary stories. If you did, please do consider checking out my YouTube channel, where I do these same stories, but a little bit earlier than I do them here on the podcast form, and also in slightly different collections. If you really enjoy the podcast, please do consider giving it a rating of any sort if the platform you're listening on has ratings. Any honest rating is appreciated by me, be it 5-star, 1-star, however you want to do it. Just know that rating the podcast helps tremendously. And, if you would like to support further, I do have a Patreon and channel memberships if you'd like to do things on the YouTube side, where for as little as a dollar a month, you get early access to my content. Never ever expected, but always appreciated. That said, friends. I hope that I do see you on the next episode of this podcast. And of course, until then, sleep well.